Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 243. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. Now, with this episode, we return to the office of Tom Ravlick, and uh, Tom speaks about scams in all their forms and all their glory. Uh, let's see what he has to say. Tom Ravlick, thanks very much for being on the Tax Wrap Podcast. Once, once again, it's always good to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, now, Tom, today you are going to tell us uh, what you know about scams, all the scams that are out there. Can I just say from the outset, I, I shouldn't be, but I am always surprised by the fact that Australians keep handing over money. There's millions of dollars, from what I understand. What's your take on that? Should I be surprised? Look, in the first instance, I guess um, we could all be surprised that people spend their time throwing money at things, but <laughs> we need to be, you know, particularly scams, but we need to be conscious of the fact that uh, not everybody is aware of when they're probably getting scammed or when there's an, uh, an approach made by somebody that's it intends to fleece people. Right. Uh, and at times it happens when people are at their most vulnerable, and we'll certainly talk about some of that today. Yeah. I think, it, I guess, the whole one round of ways that scammers reach out to people. And it, you know what? It, it's understandable that people fall for some of this in an, in an era where they've got devices and they want to make, move, make things happen quickly. Right. Um, and because they want to make things happen quickly or they don't review things as closely uh, as they should, uh, they're acting on impulse. Yep. Um, that's how they can get caught. And this is where they need to be extremely careful about yeah, yeah. what they do. I, su- I, suppose, uh, I suppose, sorry, I just thought that, um, especially like right now, which is tax time, um, I suppose that's why you get... Uh, scammers impersonated the ATO and people think, oh, yeah, that's that's right. It's about the time of year. I suppose that could happen. Yeah, there's that. But there's also a, a fear. If, if somebody comes along and uh, has a clever-looking email that, yep. that has the appearance of an official email, but it isn't, yep. it's, uh, there are those who will automatically respond if there's a, an allegation of a tax kit that they need to pay and oh, yeah. they may move on it. But they need to remember that the ATA won't necessarily communicate with people that way, Steve. It, 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 there are other ways government will communicate with people about that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be frank, it's not just the, the emails that people send to try and suck people into the... Uh, into parting with cash or making phone calls to a, a dodgy line and then they get put through to a dodgy person one, then yep. dodgy person two, <laughs> in an effort to you know, fleece them of, of their money. Right. But you know, you've got emails and you've got the phone calls, the, the oh. robo calls that come up and then there's a an assertion that, you, know, you owe the tax bill, tax money, or there's been some sort of affidavit take, or some kind of 
um, legal action taken against you. Yeah. And that's, that's something remarkable. Now, if you're not aware that that is a ploy that is used by people who um, have got robocalls set up, you might fall for that kind of thing. And if you do, you're bound to lose money. Right. If you lose money, um, you be, or you pan money over, you need to make it uh, quick smart to your bank in order to stop it from it going from the account to which you sent it <coughs> because right. it doesn't take long for people who are well uh, adjusted to their life in the darkness of you know, yeah. <laughs> financial crime and what money you can't see to a, a jurisdiction that is possibly out of reach of Australian authorities. So yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about an environment, particularly with something like taxation, Steve, where people uh, need to be careful. They might be frightened that they have a debt, but if those who are listening encounter something like that, the best thing to do is to put the phone down if it's a robocall yep. and ignore it. Alternatively, if you're concerned about something that you're hearing or seeing in your email or on a robocall, there is such a thing as the as an inquiry number at the actual Australian Taxation Office. Oh, yeah. You're able to you're able to make that phone call yourself and have a discussion with somebody. Yeah. But you know, they are. See, fraudsters cast a big net. Scammers cast a big net out to sea. Yep. And they, they just wait for people to come along and take the bait. Um, I, and, I, I, I suppose if the bait is something you're expecting, like as an individual, if you think more of, I've made a dodgy claim, if the ATO offers me a refund, I'll better take it quick, smart. <laughs> you know, you're more or, likely to jump. Or if there's a, or if there's a debt. Um, oh, yeah, debt, yeah. That you're told, or that you're told you need to pay, well... The way in which you need to deal with that is if you've got an accountant, for example, who's a tax advisor, yep. um, registered with the Tax Practitioners Board, then you can go to the accountant and ask them what, 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 what you need to do in that situation. Yep. Alternatively, if people are doing their own tax return and they're uncertain about something or they're afraid of something, then there is an ATO inquiry number they can call. Yep. Um, under those circumstances, should people respond to those approaches by email or by phone, uh, those things only end in tears. Yes. It's funny, though, because some, some are pretty sophisticated. I mean, an obvious email, like, you know, you, you've just won a million dollars in the Nigerian lottery. Okay, you know, that's that's wrong. But, but, the Niger yeah, but Nigerian scams still get people... Well, uh, of off guard. They still catch people off guard. I know, so. I know, yeah. I, I don't know why they, they just target some other it coming from some other country i don't know why they keep, keep doing it from nigeria but i mean what, what, um, my point but was they, they, they do it from nigeria for several reasons firstly um yeah these days it's easy to basically set up almost anywhere oh, yeah. nigeria there, there are crime gangs in nigeria that are known for that sort of activity right the other thing that um makes it interesting in terms of Nigerian criminal law, the legal system over there uh, makes it quite clear that if you liaise with people or are a part of um, what looks like collusion to get money yep. out of Nigeria, 
you're actually committing a criminal offence, even though you have um, been uh, in a position where someone's approached you and you've been suckered in. Ah. If you involve yourself in that, then you've committed a criminal offence. Is that right? And then the, the, the police in Nigeria won't want to know about it because it act, it's actually against the criminal code. Okay, yep. I didn't know that. Well, well t t but get, just getting back to emails, Tom, you hear stories about email phishing. Can you go through what that this phishing exercise is all about? Well, phishing in terms of the email, and I actually go into a bit more detail in, in a book called Rorts and Ripoffs that came out last year. But That's right. We talked about that. Phishing in yep. terms of, uh, yeah, a little while back. But yep. phishing is uh, spelt P-H-I-S-I-N-G. Not the thing that Rex Hunt used to do on Channel, no, no. <laughs> Channel 7 program. But, yeah, phishing is the uh, use of emails or texts to get people to uh, provide something of their online identity. Okay. Now, that means that, you know, if you click on a link or click on a, uh, a text message, there, is a, there will be um, a website of some description or even malware that can come down onto your, onto your computer or on your phone. But they're, they're, typically it'll be a website that tries to capture your essential uh, details. Yeah. And those details can then be used to spoof emails or it, they could also be used for, you know, in a corporate setting if you're uh, a, a senior manager and somebody figures out you've got several people reporting to you um, and they then start writing to your staff as if they're uh, oh. giving them orders to transact. So yeah, yeah. It, it, you can steal. Uh, the stealing of identities is one thing. The other thing that's important to think about here is also the fact that these are um, situations where... Stealing identity can also facilitate a greater fraud in a corporation depending on uh, the situation and whether people are smart. Now, I'll give, give you an example of this because yep. it was an organisation I used to work for where uh, there were emails coming through. They were, they were ending up in the spam folder. Oh, yeah, yep. Right? Now, uh, either the spam folder or the junk mail folder, but I think it was the spam folder. Yep. And I happened to look at the spam folder one day and I, it looked like a CEO was sending me an, me an email. Huh. So I went to the CEO's office and I asked a question. It, it, there's this thing, email that says you want to have a meeting. Did you? I didn't send it. Yeah, but it says it's you in the, in the uh, sender's field. Yeah. No, but I didn't send anything. What do you mean you didn't send anything? It's your name in there. <laughs> um, as it turns out, that was an email on which the title was spoofed. Right. Now, the manager's title had been spoofed and there was another email below that. Now, what people need to be aware of is that is a tactic that is used by scammers to get a dialogue going. And if you're not conscious, right? Yep. You will start 
communicating with the scammer. You know, basically an online as, sieve. As if it's a and boss it, or whoever. Yeah, as if it's oh, a boss. Where? And if that if that person you know, gets under your skin or whatever else, you may be drawn into the commission of a fraud because you're talking to them as if they're your employer. Yeah, yeah. So what I did in that case might have annoyed the Jesus out of the person I was uh, I was asking questions of. Yeah. But it meant that there was no further communication with someone that had intended quite clearly to impersonate management. Yep. And then further down the track, if they win your confidence in that email exchange, probably ask you to commit some sort of fraud along the way. Um, and in which case you're... Yeah, you look pretty stupid afterwards. <laughs> well, certainly, I wonder, especially if the email says, oh, I've forgotten the bank account number. Can you just email me that back? <laughs> but actually, it's good that you, the email program or the package, if it's Outlook or whatever, uh, recognised it as spam and put it in the right folder. In a way, that was a good uh, thing. Yeah, it, it was a good thing, but also yeah. it was an important lesson. I mean, even if you... Uh, there are times when you have uh, the email um, that will go through the spam by mistake. Mm. And that's how I noticed this other thing that was sort of clearly after I'd been taught about the the use of spamming. Yep. Um, it was clearly an attempt to you know, convince me to start a dialogue with an outsider. Yeah, is it is there a danger like where, where um, the tax wrap is directed towards um, tax practitioners? Of course. Now, do you think is there a danger that tax agents may find that they are spoofed and they they could find that their clients are being contacted as if it was the, that tax agent? I mean, I can imagine that might happen. Oh, look, tax agents would need to be careful when they're and advisors more generally would need to be careful. About the emails that are incoming. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a case that I was told about by an old friend of mine yep. who had, who knew of someone who had uh, been approached by um, a person impersonating a rather wealthy uh, individual. Oh, right. And it, it, all this paperwork was going, all these emails were going between uh, a financial advisor and someone purporting to be Mr. X. Yep. And the only way the financial advisor ended up killing that conversation and killing off that dialogue yep. was because they were, he ended up going to a, a sporting club, golf club or some social club and he happened to mention that someone, oh, did you know, Jack or whoever uh, is currently overseas, you know, whatever, and they basically, somebody basically told him, no, um, Jack isn't overseas. Right. Jack's actually here. <laughs> so what, what they've done, what, what they ended up doing was killing the transaction and sorting everything out. Yeah. But you Luckily. can see that, yeah, you can see that then, even advisors need to be very careful when something looks like a conversation 
that's being had with a client that clearly isn't. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Even if it seems innocent, like just a casual inquiry, I suppose what you're saying is that that can then lead to something untoward down well, the track. Well, this, this, this was no casual inquiry. In this case, it actually uh, a substantial sum of money could disappear. Oh. Now, uh, yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah. There, was a, there was a live transaction that could have been executed had a financial advisor not been, not <laughs> the been told... <laughs> Yeah, had not been told that the individual they were purportedly acting on behalf of was certainly not overseas, right, uh, right. in the country, etc., etc. Yeah. Now yeah. That, that 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 speaks volumes for why people should have uh, multi-factor authentication on exactly. their emails. Yes. Multi-factor yeah. authentication on Twitter. Multi-factor authentication on Facebook. Yeah. Multi-factor authentication on anything that you've got going on online, because yep. you don't know who may find their way into into your uh, your social media or your email. Yeah, yeah. Do Do you think actually that multi-factor authentication that is a, a brilliant idea and uh, well worth the trouble? Do you think that that's something perhaps that practitioners could look at in their dealings with their clients? Do you think that's worthwhile pursuing? I think, it, and look, practitioners um, could talk to clients about internet security, cyber security. Yep. Um, it's something that I guess clients would be aware of because of the focus on uh, identity theft and the role the internet plays in a range of areas, Steve. I think yep. it's very important that you uh, are aware of how to protect your information, how to protect your, uh, your online accounts. Yeah, um, yeah. There was not so long ago. There was an attempt. I could see that someone was attempting to try and get into my Facebook account. Why I kept getting notifications for it. Um, there was. I've got multi-factor authentication. Another account where yeah, a prominent software company um, kept sending me notifications to my phone. Right. I was. I wasn't trying to. Um, change anything in that account, but clearly somebody had gotten a list of email details or something or other. They were trying to hack into something. Right, right. That's amazing. That's so <clears throat> it, it stops somebody from getting into that kind of online environment if yep. you protect yourself properly. Yes, and the yep. tools out there. Okay, I know it's a bugger of a thing. Yep. I know that it makes life harder. I know that some people hate having several different layers of protection online, but if it makes it harder for you, it makes it harder for the bugger that's trying to steal your <laughs> money. Exactly. And there's no excuse, Steve. No, no, exactly. There's no hey, excuse. T Tom, you, you just mentioned your phone. Actually, that was something I was going to ask about. Um, because I, I, I see if I make a dentist appointment, I'll get an, an SMS. I'll get a text to, to remind me about the bookings, for instance. And I, I appreciate that because, um, you know, I forget things. Um, but... Are you saying that there can be scams that are perpetrated via SMS? Is that is that Absolutely. a real thing? Absolutely. So wow. if you, now uh, the banks are very good at uh, explaining this to their clients online. They've got right. they've got good detailed websites. So anybody that wants to understand a bit more about what what you and I are talking about right now can go to their banks uh, online portals and, and look at online scams and other things that the banks also tell their clients about. There are actual attempts by people to send texts and they'll pose as banks. They'll right. pose as other authorities 
uh, and say, well, you need to update your details or something or other else. Yep. And it's not the bank that's doing it. It's somebody that wants you to hand over money for nothing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you're not in the business of handing over money for nothing. So don't uh, click I, the goddamn link in the first place. That's right. So when you yeah, there are, there are scams like that. If you know to expect an update from your doctor and you are aware of the website and everything else, yeah, um, that I don't think that's so much of a problem. But if you've got you know messages that have a particular link that are not that are, that are vague and you know that you don't normally get uh, messages that, they're, that look they're like a delivery, yep. yeah. Uh, there was somebody online the other day who complained about receiving. Uh, messages from Australia Post for delivery, and they had no idea whether they'd ordered anything. You know. Now, right. what that person didn't really know until they were told yep. by somebody who possibly looks like me, um, <laughs> that they need to double-check what it is that they have ordered. Okay. Go back into the email records, go back into the bank records and look at what they'd ordered recently yep. and whether they were expecting an order to come in. Because sometimes you'll get courier messages or whatever else that have nothing to do with you. They're an attempt to, uh, to defraud. Yeah, because some people do buy a lot of things online, and I can understand that people might think, oh, yeah, I must have ordered something, click the link. But no, I, mean, I, I, I hardly buy much online myself, But um, so that would stand out to me. But some people are doing hundreds of transactions uh, uh, buying things, you know, online. So yeah, I, buy, I, I, I buy a lot of things online, but, you know, some things, uh, but I'm also conscious of the fact that this information comes through and you've got to be, uh, at least aware of the kinds of things that are in emails and mm. what, what people may use them for yep. and double check what your transactions have been with your, uh, with your credit card account or, or look at your email for sort of invoices or receipts from eBay yeah, and yep. double check, do your own audit type process, have a look at your audit trail. Are you expecting something? Mm. Um, and even then, um, you know, if somebody delivers something, they might leave it in a safe place, uh, either on the veranda or somewhere somewhere that's secluded on your property, or if it's small enough in your in your mailbox, or they'll take it to the post office. Yeah. Um, so there really ought to be no need for people to be clicking on links that that's are true. that are that are fakes. It is a whole uh, way of thinking about it. Again. Yeah. When you engage with engage online or with social media or whatever else, the thing that those sites do most of all yep. is, is try to suck people into responding quickly. Right, right. Yeah. Right? That's, that's a mistake, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what you've got to do is stop yourself from responding quickly. Yep. And think about, you know, once you've had taken a couple of deep breaths, yeah. Think about what may be expected, expected of you by somebody basically wanting to steal your money. Money That's or identity, That's right, exactly. Well, <clears throat> so, so you've got to resist the initial urge 
to, oh, I want that, click the link. Speaking, speaking of urges, <laughs> so now a lot of our listeners will be in Sydney and, and Sydney's been, Greater Sydney's been locked down for a little while and that, that's ongoing. You and I are speaking to each other in Melbourne and um, just heard that Melbourne's going into lockdown. I don't know the details yet. Speaking of urges. Uh, yeah, it'll be a 50, it'll, it'll be the fifth lockdown in Victoria. Yeah, if yeah. We, if we go down again at Pathway, mm. uh, Three to five days. Um, that's that's one hell of a Netflix binge. But carry on. <laughs> what I was going to get to now. People are going to be at home, perhaps feeling a bit, bit fragile, a bit lonely. Um, tell me a little bit about romance scams. <laughs> that's what I was getting, going to get to. That's where I was working towards. What's the deal with these romance scams, and why do they still get people in? Um, look, look. There are a series of things that happen when people start engaging online. Um, uh, and one of the things that, that does occur, obviously, when people start to strike up a sense of familiarity, a sense of engagement, right. is that they begin to want to, to meet physically. Yep. You know, a coffee or whatever else. One of the things that will happen, and people need to be careful about uh, these situations, is that there will be times when people prey on someone's good faith. Right. Take, take for example, somebody that is online and you start talking to them and start feeling like there's a bit of compatibility going on. Yep. Um, they start to ask for money for an airfare. Ah, right. Um, they start to ask for, for money for a medical appointment for themselves or... There's an emergency medical thing, blah, 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 blah. So there are clear signs that people are not acting in good faith. Right, okay. Um, so you need to be very, very careful. And there are people who've been, who've been stung and stung badly. Yes, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Because they've, uh, they've gone down the road of uh, believing the, the – we can – use this a bit eloquently, believing the, the nonsense yeah. that's, that's come down their way. And these are the sort of um, spit-like characters that take great liberties uh, with, you know, the good faith that people put in them. So that, that's why you see all of these warnings on sites like RSVP about what not to do. Right, right, not okay. to give your account details, not to do this, that or the other. Yeah. Um, there's also a, a guide for dating sites, you know, online, online dating services where they're encouraged to provide you know, proper disclosure or examples of case studies in their, you know, help sections of their sites. Right, right. So people are aware of what to look for, Steve. It's not it's not pleasant at all. No. I mean, and people get impacted by that. Uh, and then it's a, that's a vulnerability that people choose to exploit. You know, yeah, the yeah. vulnerabilities at the heart. Then there's the appeal to greed. Yeah, which yeah. Which we also see in things like Nigerian letters where, right. you know, someone's... Uh, a, a former general who needs to escape <laughs> from a country. That's right. Um, the government, they need to ship millions of dollars and you'll get a cut of the millions of dollars right, that's been right. back to you. <clears throat> all, all of that nonsense. If so all you do is 
give them your private details and everything will be fine and you'll be the you'll be the recipient you'll of be the star. <laughs> it's, it's interesting what oh, you what say there, Tom. So, the, so there's, there's, there's purse strings, which, which we're all aware of. Then there's heart strings, which is, a, which, you know, is as you said. Absolutely. Oh, oh. It's, it's, a, it's a perfect way to put it. Now, the, yeah, there are other things as well that people could need to be wary of. Mm. Sometimes, for example, during lockdown last year, Mm-hmm. Uh, you will see a proliferation of puppy scams. Oh, yes, yes. Right? There are people who go shopping for puppies online. What happens? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lovely picture, uh, but at yep. the other end of the transaction, there's no puppy because someone hands over money. Uh, oh, by the way, we can't get the puppies here. There's been a difficulty. Can you pay <laughs> some more for eggs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. And then and one of the best uh, solutions for that kind of twaddle is that people should get puppies where they can see the animal and um, and deal with it, you know, face to face rather yeah, than yeah. try and get a, a sort of you know, mail order fraud, which is basically what this stuff is. It is, or mail order fraud electronically done, which is that's right. It's, it's and, and Absolutely. again, and again with puppies, it's the person on the other end is a vulnerable human being who's just feeling like they need companionship. It's just uh, terrible. Yeah, but, but, you know, in that case, they're sort of looking at a picture, but it, it, there's no there's no furball. It's all fake and you lose money. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, but the other, there were a raft of uh, things like that, Steve, that mm. uh, the Australian Competition Consumer Commission exposes on a regular basis. Oh, They've yeah. got a report that they publish every year that's a survey of the the most current state of play in terms of scams. Yep. Um, romance scams are up right up there. Investment scams are right up there. Oh, uh, that's... Business, business email compromise scams, which you touched on before, which is people looking to um, sort of basically impersonate management to convince people to commit fraud. Yep. Then you've got uh, false invoicing scams where... People find their way into a company's systems and find a way of you know, getting, um, making up fake invoices for, yep. for clients of a company and then changing the banking details. Oh, great. So, well, yeah, that's what happens. You yeah, it's what, got, that's right. It's what yeah. happens. People need to understand that this is mm. what goes on mm. in a high-pressure, high-speed environment. You know, just because you're able to click a button on your phone or on your on your computer system to pay a bill yep. doesn't mean you shouldn't be looking carefully at what you're paying for. Yeah, yeah. It may well be that you are being completely conned and the money is being sent to another bank account, not the not the actual bank account of a company you've had dealings with. Yep. That that at ACCC site that's Scam Watch, isn't it? They call it Scam Watch Oh, yeah, well, you've got yeah. ScamWatch, but on the ACCC site itself, ACCC.gov.au, yep. people are able to go and get the annual ScamWatch report, the ah, good. Um, monitoring report, and, and that does uh, provides a lot of details, Steve, about yep. what what's contemporary. There are tips on how people should avoid getting scammed. ScamWatch site, there's a lot of that uh, yep. for for people. I mean, ASIC, the regulator also looks at investment scams so they've got um 
the Money Smart website, which has recently oh, yeah, got a new right. lick of paint, lick of paint to it. Okay. There's a lot of information there about financial products and uh, the sort of scams that happen in the financial space. People should go there and have a look if they're, they're worried about certain emails from uh, individuals that look like they're investment um, advisors or <laughs> some such. Uh, offering returns that are too good to be true. Yes, yep. And I think you know what we need to be doing is uh, also just reminding people of that as well. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, Tom, there's a few things to consider there. So I, I think to summarise that, it's what you're saying is don't be afraid of multi-factor authentication. Uh, do your homework on all those sites that you were just mentioning, um, and be on the lookout. There's a uh, taxation scams, be, phishing, SMS scams. Absolutely. Yeah. Just be okay. aware, but also take a deep breath when you're using devices. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, take a deep breath when you're looking at things and don't don't respond instantaneously because yeah, yeah. Uh, you could get yourself into trouble. You're right. Okay. What are the, what are those slogans? Stay calm and keep keep investigating, <laughs> as it were. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Keep calm. Keep calm and look carefully. Look, keep calm and look carefully. <laughs> Good advice. All right, Tom, look, thank you very much for your time. Um, it's uh, sage, uh, sage and salient advice, especially at tax time, just to keep on eye on things. Um, thanks very much for being on Tax Wrap again. Oh, thank you very much. and look forward to chatting again at some stage.